my friend, artist Julie Knight, majored in printmaking at the Ringling College of Art and Design. Also, Julie is a skilled potter, art framer, and mount maker. She won the Anna Soak Award for ceramics in 1999 and was also the recipient of the 2009 Mary Blakely Fellowship at the Haysack School of Crafts. Julie is currently an instructor at Greenwich House Pottery in Manhattan. We've been good friends for over 30 years. In this episode, I share a recent conversation. As I attempted the game of 20 questions with her, I was reminded of events and activities that deserve their own episodes. Julie is a wealth of information with many stories to tell, and we cover some of them here. Check it out. Hi, Larry. Hey, Julie. How's it going? Good. How are you? Good, good. Can you hang on one second? I sure. just have to move. Okay, better. I was over by the window and wasn't, um, didn't see what time it was. How are you doing? Oh, no problem, no problem. Good. And yourself? Good. How are yeah. you holding up? Oh, oh we're recording. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I'm holding up good. Yeah. It's like, you know... Bad weather again. Seems like it's been snowing and raining up here, upstate. Um, But we've had a couple nice days. I feel lucky that I have more space than we do in the apartment in the city. Right. But, you know, there's just that weight hanging over you, what we're actually going through. But otherwise, I can't complain. Mm -hmm. It's been pretty good. So as far as the... Uh, the basics, though, you can still get, you're not snowed in like you can't get to the store. You can get to the store and all, right? No, I mean, it snowed four inches mm-hmm. about uh, two and a half weeks ago. Yeah. And it melted the next day. So it's okay. just typical Catskill winter weather or spring okay. weather. It I gets see. snow and then it warms up. and But it's still, you know, I'm ready for spring. Right. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah, all yeah. Warmer. Yeah, we we didn't uh, we sort of uh, well I don't want to say dodged a bullet but we thought we were going to have tornadoes here in in uh, Georgia and uh, turns out we were spared. <laughs> oh thank goodness! Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh! I know my sister lives in Jonesboro, Arkansas, and that mm-hmm. tornado that hit um, a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. like, and I used to live in Jonesboro when I was small. It took half the town out. It, just, you know, mm. seems like they have enough to deal with right now with this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Can we skip the uh, natural disasters for a little while? <laughs> you know, earthquakes, tornadoes. Mm. And then my other sister in Austin, they had one um, near, uh, she's in Leander, and she saw it over near Round Rock because it's uh-huh. so flat there as well. You can see pretty far. But yeah. yeah. Weather's not cooperating. Mm-mm. And they hit, they hit Mississippi today. Or yeah, oh, last no. night. So they're the ones that got the worst. That's too bad. Yeah. Well, listen, I want to uh, ask you some questions and okay. uh, start some kind of a chat. <laughs> um, what? Give me a little, a little bit of your background. I, in my notes, I wrote Army Brat and Missouri. Yeah. But uh, I'm sure, I know you can elaborate. Yeah, total army brat. Um, uh-huh. Was born in Oklahoma, Fortsville. Okay. Forts, um, Fortsville. Fortsville, uh-huh. Oklahoma. It's um, in Lawton, Oklahoma. It was one of the uh, forts when Oklahoma was a Indian reservation, which oh. and 
so it's very dry out there. But I haven't been back since, you know. <laughs> since birth? <laughs> since birth. <laughs> so it's like six months. Oh, but my dad was in the Army, so we moved around a lot until I was about 10. My sisters, my sisters are six and eight years older than I am. Uh, and they were moving like every six months. And then, but by the time I came around... Um, it was, we'd be in a place a year or two and then up to four years. So until I went to art school, the longest I'd ever lived anywhere was four years. Oh, so but art school now, was a stabilizing, uh, move. It was. I got to stay there and then stayed there for a few years where I met you. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And all the dudes. All the d- but, uh... <laughs> yes, the yeah. dude ranch or alternative dude ranch. art space. Yeah, that was yeah. A- phenomenon yeah that's been a big um thing in my life that was momentous i met you oh. and chris yeah. and larry and raf and barb and we're all still i was still pretty close 19 i think yeah ah, yeah yeah <laughs> i wasn't much older i know it feels yeah. like that when like the people when i was 19 the people that were 23 seemed like you know, ancient, yeah, mature ancient, yeah. individuals, wise old <laughs> souls, or something. They're not. <laughs> well, I think you had graduated, mm-hmm. and Chris had graduated the year before I came. Okay, we weren't. Too and far, so right? you all yeah. were the mature group Ish. to me. Yeah, yeah. And I'd gone to college for a year beforehand. Mm-hmm. So then, before I came to, I went to a liberal arts college uh, in Missouri. I see. And, so, yeah, so you were already at. You step ahead of most of the first timers at the art school. Yeah, but I thought you all were, you know, the the uh, experienced artists around here. Yeah, well, you yeah. know, <laughs> with you know, considering you know, within certain uh, limitations, I suppose. <laughs> at the time, well, listen, you. Uh, so, what did you uh, study before you came to England? I was um, just undergraduate, but I had taken a few drawing classes. Mm-hmm. I wanted to go to art school, but mm-hmm. um, my father thought I needed to get uh, an education so I could support myself mm-hmm. and was not into the art school. Yeah. Then my oldest sister um, went to Arkansas State University and was an art major. and oh, He let her go? Well, she was supposed to find something else to uh-huh. do, but she and um, she didn't teach her anything with mm-hmm. her education. So he thought, you know, and my mom had been an art major and she was a mom at home and did teach grade school, mm-hmm. but did not make money as an artist. So I it see. wasn't a good uh, track record. That right. I would make a living right. in art. So he was trying to direct you to just, just look out for us. Yeah. You know, I mean, he means, he meant well, but, right. yeah. It, when you've got the art bug, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you, when you have to, you have to, you know. You have to. And so you compromised with him. It was probably to your benefit that you did that anyway, I don't know. Yeah, and I have to say, you know, being able to go to art school, finally, I was like, oh, mm-hmm. this is, you know, this is what I've been looking for. And I was, you know, I went there with no skills, really, looking mm-hmm. back on it and really learned how to um, 
do just about everything. I think. Yeah. Um, I've been able to support myself with that. Yeah, you definitely problem solving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you definitely mm-hmm. develop skills printmaking, and I'm looking at your Jackpot Studios Facebook page right now, and the oh, some very beautiful mugs. And, oh, thank and you. Thoughts. Yeah, just... yeah. I read the article printed in Boho Home. What blog? Was that what it was called? Boho? It's a blog. Um, a friend of a friend, or a friend from uh, New York. Uh-huh. She grew up with Susan and put me in contact with her. She was looking to write articles. She. It was, it was nice being yeah. able to, you know, go through that. Yeah, yeah. Answer questions. Yeah, I liked, yeah, there was a lot of good info in there. Oh, so uh, so you got to art school. You give me a little info. Oh, okay. Well, I went to art school, Ringling College of Art and Design, yeah. mm-hmm. and um, I took ceramics and um, started taking printmaking classes mm-hmm. and fell in love with that. Mm-hmm. And then I did a internship through the school. I went through the Alliance Colleges of Art. And I came to New York and did an internship with Judith Solotkin. Okay. And um, what year and was... her printmaking. That was 1990. You had just moved to New York. Oh. You were in Brooklyn, and okay. I came and stayed with you. Yes. Um, until my room was available at the YMCA on 63rd. Okay. <laughs> yes. I remember... Yeah, yeah, okay. Because I remember um, you stayed with me, but I was like, was she also going to something that I don't remember? Yeah, you know. And yeah. then I worked in Soho, and okay. you know, the Upper West Side was completely different mm-hmm. compared to what it is now. I don't oh know my! It's oh yes, pretty, it was right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and my program was in Tribeca. Uh-huh. I remember I arrived in New York, and Bayan arrived the same day. Your brother. Aha. Uh-huh. And we both stayed at your house in, uh, or your apartment in Williamsburg. Yeah, Williamsburg. yeah. yeah. And um, <laughs> then the next day you're like, we need to go to the beach. What? <laughs> just come from Florida. We went to um, Coney Island. I, t- oh. You took me out to Coney Island and, <laughs> um, oh my gosh. I- just the difference between the sand mm-hmm. and it was so cold. I mean, you all thought it was warm, but I was freezing. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. You came from Florida. Was, you came from South was, Florida. <laughs> yeah. I think it was like the end of August and it was a cold spell. <laughs> yeah. And, um, Coney Island in 1990 is completely different than what it is now. Mm-mm. But, that, um, yeah, it was, uh, that was, I remember my memories of Coney Island are, are the train ride way too long. And, not a lot going think, on, and the hot, hot dog kind of upset my stomach or something. I don't know. Well, I think we <laughs> ate sandwiches on the subway out there. Like oh, we really? Packed a <laughs> that sounds like something I would do. Did what? Did I <laughs> made at the apartment? Yeah, we had peanut butter. I remember um, <laughs> you made coffee for us with mm-hmm. your special coffee sock that you made. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Reusable. Now you can. I, I think. Brazilians use uh, a coffee sock, but it was quite interesting. Mm-hmm. And we went out there and we came back. But I was so thankful to be at your house and um, kind of, you know, figured out the subways and was able to go to New York. Um, I moved into the 
YMCA, which was interesting too, because my room was just a bed yes. and a room in the bathroom was down the hall. Oh, and, amazing. Uh, I think they called it Spartan or whatever. You know, there was mm-hmm. just a room of shower heads. Yeah. Um, oh, you did show me a room, I think. I have a memory of it. It had a brown floor, brown linoleum. The walls were brown <laughs> and the bedspread was brown. Yeah, <laughs> which made it seem even smaller. Yeah, it was just it, like... It just had a window, which, you know, was lucky. And then it wasn't that secure. Like, um, I remember that sometimes there would be someone sleeping. I don't know how they would figure out be in the hall and mm. I think I had a anyway that was an experience they were even like oh don't at night don't walk on the side of Central Park yeah, you know if you're walking down the street right. you need to walk on the other side <laughs> but um and now I go up there and the Time Warner building mm-hmm. is there and it's like fancy shopping and they finally finished working on that uh, 59th Street subway station mm-hmm. it's not under construction and I swear it had been on con- under construction since 1990 until about two years ago. Oh. And mm-hmm. it's so fancy. Yeah. I got chased in that subway. What? I remember. Wait, I the... used to not ride the subway mm-hmm. after 10, mm-hmm. I think. And I'd been um, on the lower, or in the East Village. I think it was with Dustin and Mo, mm-hmm. other Oh, yeah. Students had moved up here. And right, right, right. I didn't have money for a subway. It was a little bit late. I mean, for a taxi. I was mm-hmm. like, Ugh. So I just took it. And it was like a rabbit warren down there. And I remember um, uh, 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 what, uh, I got chased. And somehow I got out of there. But I remember I didn't leave my room for like. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's but, you know, it was a good education mm-hmm. and a short bit. And then. Um, Five years later, moved up. And again, Larry, I took over your apartment oh, well. in, um, <laughs> in Sarasota. Oh, yes, that's right. Ranch. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and then I just seem to follow you around. I'm surprised I haven't followed, you know. <laughs> no, yeah, time. yeah, well, you know. Georgia, and then I took you over know. your apartment that was <laughs> on the east side of Manhattan. Yeah. So. That's right. Oh, you guys... Uh, I, I want to say uh, thank you to you and Chris because I also benefited on some of my visits back to New York. You guys put me up, me and my brother, for yeah. our, we're doing our freelance job. It's great job. to have you. Yeah. We have to see each other again. So yeah. Like, you know. Yeah, we have to do it again. such a core of, uh, I, I can't believe I've been here 25 years now. So, Very impressive. You know, like going yeah. from like never living anywhere for four years, mm-hmm. more than four years, to this. Yeah. And it just seems like it was yesterday, of yeah. course. It's like your only true home. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and now I've been away from it for three weeks. I think it's the longest I've ever been out of the city. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You wrote yeah. In, that, in that text that uh, you're, you're accustomed to being on the go, and you, and you guys really just, like, literally can't be on the go. You don't even have internet. No. Oh, that's been interesting um i used to like the fact that we would come up here and be completely cut off and i mm-hmm. you know but it was only for a couple days yeah. and in the summers like maybe two weeks mm-hmm. at the most we'd um just because I, I have so many you know scheduling all my different little gigs mm-hmm. and without the internet now i've been going around to like free Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. I feel like a bandit trying to, I've been making <laughs> videos for my classes. Mm-hmm. 
to watch in the uh, cafe. There's a bakery down the road from us. We can uh-huh. drive there like in three minutes, but it's a nice little walk down the hills mm-hmm. and around and uh, standing in their parking lot using the oh, free that's, Wi-Fi. Oh, that's great. So you can walk there. So that's, that's yeah. kind of a, a, an activity. Yeah, try to get out and move around. And then um, there used to be a little train up here that would take vacationers from New York um, in the Catskills. Oh, that sounds you would, nice. Um, go up to Kingston, and then it would take you out to the hills. And it was the railroad that was set up to build the reservoir. Mm-hmm. And it ran until like the early 70s. Mm-hmm. And then they've been trying to bring it back as a tourist train. Mm-hmm. And um, now they've made it into a rail trail. So they've taken up the tracks. And um, Chris and I thought we would go out there and walk on it. And there's just so many people in the parking lot. Oh. It's just like, no. oh. No. And, you know, germs. Came back home. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Well, we've been quarantined for so long. It's I know. Like, oh, you know. It's, it's really it's just, too much. It's so awful. Yeah. Um, there's so many people um, sick yeah. and passing away that. Oh, I know. It's hard to wait till another wait. Oh, I just. Yeah, you're better. Well, you're better off uh, outside of the city. But let me. Oh, see another thing I wanted to ask. Let's see. So you're you're teaching. Oh. I don't want to jump around too much, but I can't. I can't resist. I'm going to come back to asking about how you're. Okay, I'll ask it now. How are you dealing with? Uh, uh, you're teaching via Zoom without Wi-Fi, or are you just doing it by um, uploading videos? I, I can do it cellular, which is great. Oh, okay. The, which is super, and it's. Um, you know, our first few classes, it's just nice to see everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, two weeks ago was our last class, and uh-huh. I think we all just were talking about, you know, a lot of people are in their apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, I have one student that's a doctor. She's just like, I can't, you know. Mm-hmm. It was just nice to talk about clay mm-hmm. or see everyone's faces and not be in a situation. Oh, he's um, a doctor that's like dealing or with... Or she is, yeah. Oh. And so... So we're going to, you know, do some coil pots this week online. And I've got to figure out, um, maybe set up some more classes are getting ready to start. Everyone's trying to get back to the city. And what's amazing is I would see so many people during the day and everybody was really hand washing Mm -hmm. and, um, the faculty, uh, I think I know one school, everyone's healthy. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, one person in the administration um, is sick, but she's getting better. Okay. Good. And but overall, most of my students have been well. But it, you know, everyone's got clay on their hands, so you're not touching your face. Uh-huh. Ah, and um, everyone was vigilant, with ah. wiping down, and and you know, I was riding the subway mm-hmm. up until. I think the 12th of March mm-hmm. and then I was able to walk and I was driving Chris to work, you know, it just, oh. and I didn't know you guys had a car. Oh yeah. We have a little car. Well, I had one car that I got from a friend, but, um, Oh, Richard wager, which, you know, Richard, um, um also another, um, art handler, um, installation. So many people. Mark Ray, he's I at the gray now, but, um, okay. I think he was at the, I think 
maybe just at the gray mm-hmm. art gallery. All right, yeah. Um, and through Chris. Um, he calls us freegans. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? I have a friend that wanted to get rid of her car. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, they gave me their ah. Toyota uh, 2010 mm-hmm. Camry, and I had a 2003 Echo, and I gave that to another friend. So we just, you know. Ah. Okay. That's <laughs> awesome. Passing it along. Yeah. So, you know, it's. And then um, through things and uh, museums or CEOs, it seems to be a large waste. You you remember how shows would turn over and oh, yeah. things would be tossed out. Throw so I've got stuff. yeah, I've got flower boxes made out of old crate material. Mm-hmm. Chris mm-hmm. just made a new planter box Beautiful. for me out yeah. of um, wood that was parts of a crate now i'm like why did we ever break down any crates mm-hmm. we just plant those mm-hmm. out in the uh, and you're just, always finding yeah. something on the street that you can use mm-hmm. so i've got like wheels that were being tossed out that uh, i perfect. put on the bottom of a cart oh. and um, well i'm such a hoarder if i were you i'd have a truck and i would have a piles of <laughs> materials slash junk that i was never <laughs> never get to working on back to my house upstate yeah it's hard it Mm -hmm. fills up fast so Mm -hmm. we like try to make sure it's something that we're going to really use right Um, it has to matter yeah yeah that's the amazing thing in new york your space is so limited Mm -hmm. um we have a friend that moved to mexico and gave me his amazing flat file so we Mm -hmm. had that moved up here and we got some of his sculptures that he didn't know what he was going to do with so we have one in the living Amazing. room and other ones that are like outside that's so nice so uh, yeah, freaking you know hey <laughs> you like, know you did him a favor by accepting that i feel like he gave us you know amazing pieces that yeah. i'm really enjoying Mutually, and, uh, yeah yeah so. who was that who's bill fairs bill fairs yeah yeah he moved to know. mexico he moved to mexico um uh, a few years ago mm-hmm and um, was cleaning out his studio. And I mean, he's like master, I mean, just amazing artist. And yeah, um, he was so amazing working at the Guggenheim. And mm-hmm. um, he was so skilled at plastering. Yeah, and, yeah. Really good. And so dashing. He would come to work with that scarf and look like a million bucks and then put on his work clothes. It's Silver Fox. Yeah. <laughs> well, my, my cousin uh, Clay is in, is in uh, Mexico also. Oh. Is course. he still surfing? or? He probably surfs when, whenever he gets a chance. He's, I think, fixing up a place and trying to start an Airbnb or something like that. Oh. Yeah. Well, give um, me my best. Yeah, I will. I'll talk to him. I, <laughs> Hardly, you know, he, he he ends up in in Athens sometimes, but 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 I don't find out. Like he doesn't contact me or any of his friends. So well, I'm still. I would contact him on on Facebook sometimes. I'm still good friends with uh, Philip Rivlin. Yeah, Phil Rivlin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, and Rich Gumbar, we mm-hmm. talk online. But Phil, I see every so often. I've worked uh, on and off with. He's, yeah. Um, but he's always like. Oh, I remember Larry and ah. Cousin Clay. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to get in touch with with Phil Rivlin. 
making yeah. picks and guitars now making guitars he's making guitars um he's working in newburgh new york with mm-hmm. um uh friends uh, he comes up from the city he still lives in the city but mm-hmm. spends half the time and he's who i gave um the car to his uh ah. his uh friend for the business so that cool. <laughs> it's Picking up guitars and moving around. It's like cool. the little car that would never stop. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Phil's been a big part of my life uh, since the Guggenheim. Good and, deal. Yeah. yeah. He's a really nice person. It's amazing how many people we met at the Guggenheim. At the Guggenheim, yeah. still um, friends with. Right, right. Was, that, was yeah. one of your, that was one of your uh, fir- first jobs when you got to yeah, the city. Yeah, thanks to you. Yeah, oh, I got yeah. to paint the walls there. Yeah. But then Chris... You know, stayed and worked there. Um, yeah, Chris a few took a yeah long term role there. Yeah, yeah. He, he ran the, the the crew downtown also for a, a whole couple years too. And so yeah. yeah, and then went on to the gray. Yeah, and then yeah. I you know would work on and off. I would make uh, fabric wrapped platforms for the gray and yeah but i wanted uh, but you also got a a a job early on as at a high-end um frame shop yeah so i worked at um one frame company for a long time art handling and framing Mm -hmm. and then i worked at uh i was drummond i was there like eight years again Mm -hmm. i was like oh oh my god i've had a job for eight years Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) it's a big deal and then I worked at Bark Frameworks, which was um, amazing. Like uh-huh. when I was at Drummond, I got to meet Klaus Oldenburg when they did the hey. show at, um, at the Whitney. Mm-hmm. And he came in and he explained some of his drawings. So, you know, that really mm. gave me an opportunity to um, see amazing artwork. It's just wonderful to be in New York, but also meet the artists. Yeah. And when I was at Bark Frameworks, mm-hmm. they're now out in Long Island City, um, have an amazing warehouse. I, just the people I got to meet, I had Ellsworth Kelly one time, I, of course it was something uh-huh. that I didn't find the right color of white for one of his oh. paintings, um, I was following uh, something that I'd done, and he felt that it was too warm, and he explained to me over the phone, mm-hmm what he considered white, which he never got to. He just told me it was red and he told me tones. And mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, that's a conversation I wish I that, yeah. could have recorded. Sure. I wish you but. had too. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't have even, <laughs> I don't know if I would have registered anything he, he said. I was like, oh, he's, he's talking to me. He's, t- yeah. you know, yeah. he's talking to me about art. Telling me. He was, he was really, um, amazing mm-hmm. lovely person but yeah that time that i you know i was thinking oh my gosh he's calling me to you know you're in trouble but he really wanted to explain to me mm-hmm. what tone was supposed to be on this painting and we corrected it but i was right. just like oh. uh, yeah he wasn't you know, ch- chastising you he was just like treating you like a yeah it was equal. all wrong yeah and it needed to be neutral and mm-hmm. what he considered he didn't really consider the white in that painting as I was thinking it was like a shade of white. It's uh-huh. like saying gray. Okay. okay. How many grays are there? That's how many whites there there's are. There's a lot. Yeah, there's. Yeah, right, I mean, yeah, it's yeah, endless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's endless, <laughs> but like, <laughs> it's just like, yes, sir. Okay, you know? all right. Thank you. Good job. So, would you ultimately, he was pleased? 
Yeah, yeah. in the Character, end, that yeah. was the main thing. And um, he was having a show at Matthew Marks, and this was a oh, Matthew painting Marks, yeah. from 1952 on a panel. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And, you know, that was always fun, too, because that's like mount making. Yeah. Um, you can't make new holes in the back of yeah. the panel because you might cause damage. So you had to come up with a way to um, secure and, and work with conservators or you make a map in the back and the frame mm -hmm. has to go into the same place. So oh, I found those perfect. questions, you know, and problems to solve mm -hmm. exciting. Yeah. I wanted, I definitely want to ask you more about uh, Mount making in a minute, but first I wanted to jump back to Sarasota because I read something in that article that you worked. And I don't, I don't think I knew about the circus wagon workshop. Was that at the museum? That was at um, for Ringling Brothers in Barley. Was it at the Circus Bailey Museum? Circus. Yeah, what? but it was. Oh no, it was out. Um, I worked with Leonard from Ringling mm. there too. Mm -hmm. um, and the flittering. Ringling, I flittered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a fine art to flittering. Yeah, I don't know anything uh, about flittering except what I read in your article. <laughs> <laughs> well. Um, Hagenbeck Wallace was another circus uh -huh. that Ringling Brothers bought, and it was for the, um, they had the best costumes. So this mm -hmm. one little workshop made all the circus wagons mm -hmm. and the costumes for mm -hmm. Ringling. They bought Hagenbeck Wallace, I don't know, maybe the 50s or 60s. Mm, okay. And it still was under the umbrella of the Ringling Brothers, but we did the red and the blue circus. So there okay. were two ringling circuses traveling the world at each time or the a and the b uh -huh, uh -huh. um one would do the u.s first and then go to europe and when the one came back from europe they would redesign it so there were two circuses all the time and oh, amazing. they would design the circus wagons fabricate them there were welders and like they were casting mm -hmm. um it was kind of toxic in one part. I couldn't believe it was going on I'm in Florida. Sure. But, yeah. And then they would come in and we would paint them with one-shot paint. But my specialty, um, you know, you would use these amazing sign painting brushes. Mm -hmm. And then it would get coated in lacquer. Mm -hmm. But there were areas that needed glitter mm -hmm. um, on it. So I would use one-shot paint. Mm -hmm. And they had... Barrels the... of glitter. Okay, but what's the one-shot that... paint? One-shot sign painting. It's a um, lacquer-based, uh, any kind of sign painting that you see that's done by hand on mm -hmm. windows mm -hmm. or aluminum. It's uh, um, just a, it's okay. got a great flow to it. It's kind of toxic. Okay. But um, that's what it would be painted with. And so it, one shot is the brand. Okay. I see. I see. And then you had that. what barrels of it's a glitter, glitter. We would cover the floor with plastic mm -hmm. roll in the wagon. And so if there was a red area, um, that needed glitter mm -hmm. on it, I would mm -hmm. paint that whole area in red mm -hmm. with red paint and then take handfuls of glitter from mm -hmm. the, bag and blow it mm -hmm. and it would stick onto the wet paint and I would yeah. cover the whole surface but you know you're going and you're going pretty fast mm -hmm. even though it's um, oil-based paint mm -hmm. um, it 
it would um, dry, it get tacky, and you uh-huh. wanted as much glitter as possible. Oh, so you, they would always warn you, don't breathe in, don't mm-hmm. breathe in. Mm-hmm. You know, before you blow, you have to breathe in away from your hand, and mm-hmm. then blow. otherwise you get a mouthful of glitter. Mm-hmm. And I have to honestly say that only happens once. It ah. is awful. Um, <laughs> you learn your terrible. lesson. Yeah. But then you would, after the glitter would go on and it would dry, mm-hmm. you would burnish it down. Mm-hmm. And then you would go on to the next color, blue or red or whatever color the wagon needed. Mm-hmm. And then you would paint it with lacquer and then it would go out into the spray booth. And those guys were in full suits and they would spray the whole mm-hmm. um, wagon with lacquer. And then it would come back in and we had these amazing glass jewels from uh-huh. uh, Germany, uh-huh. really, just all different sizes and shapes. And you would find the high points of the wagon that you would stick these on. It was so gaudy. <laughs> but when the it came out into the circus uh-huh. uh, ring, the uh-huh. lights would hit it and it would just flash. Oh, that's and, awesome. And these were funny. They had contortionists that uh-huh. were on some of the wagons that we made. And... Uh, it was kind of cute. So it looked like they floated in because the there was a little motor car on the inside of the uh, wagon. Uh-huh. And nothing, it would just drive in. But they made the wagons where they looked like they were levitating. The wagon wheels were up about six inches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they didn't turn. You couldn't see the wagon that was underneath. Uh-huh. Uh, the little motorized car that someone's in driving it around. So these three contortionists came in and they, they were shiny and floating mm-hmm. and, um, but it was a fun job. A lot of great people, um, super talented yeah, welders. Uh-huh. Um, do you remember the, what was the name of that television show? American gladiator e- that was on in the, this was the early 90s. There I was might, a competition think, on TV. Yeah, I might have seen that. Well, um, yeah, yeah, okay. Hagenbeck Wallace did the circus, but then they did other things too. They made the tryout mm-hmm. um, equipment for that show. Okay. And one was like a giant, like, hamster ball that a person would get in and run. <laughs> and so, like, the guys would try that out in the parking lot. It was oh, hilarious. How fun. Oh. And they did Disney on Ice. Mm-hmm. And your rock band had Goofy's drum set from Hangback Wallace in it. Chris played Goofy's drum set. <laughs> That's <laughs> that was all. It That's was awesome. Too. I did <laughs> not know where that came from. I did, yes. I just knew Chris had some drums. Or was it, were they Chris's drums? They were Chris's, Chris's drums, drums. yeah. <laughs> oh, perfect. For stripping for cash, stripping I for think. cash, those yeah. Were, those were goofy. Played that on Disney on oh, Ice. Hilarious. Oh. So freaking from early on, mm-hmm. you know. Wow, I, I didn't realize it was, I had such a close connection to the uh, circus wagon workshop. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that was a great job and a, great people. That is awesome, and, and uh, so yeah. Uh, Oh, there's so much more. Well, this could be like a four-hour-long thing if I'm not I careful. I know. Sorry. No. We, yeah. Well, have, no. You know. I, I ramble. No, sorry. it's okay. We can have, we can maybe put you in uh, uh, episode one, episode two, or you know. <laughs> but uh, so you, I didn't even know you would also did uh, some botanical illustration in Sarasota. Yes. 
That was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a botanist who used to be part of Selby Gardens, mm-hmm. and then they separated and put their focus on orchids. Mm-hmm. But they used to have more um, uh, sections. Oh, like uh, a wider variety. Yeah. And he specialized. It was Dr. Hans Whaler. He's mm-hmm. passed away now. Mm-hmm. Kindest person. He was just amazing. Mm-hmm. But he specialized in gasneriads. 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 Uh huh. I believe I'm saying that right. But I, you know, I have my Midwestern. No, it's okay. Accent. Um. But. They're rainforest plants mm-hmm. that grow from the rainforest floor mm-hmm. to uh, about six feet high, and they'll grow on the arms of trees. And the most common gasneria that's out there is the African violet. So mm-hmm. there's old world and new world. And mm-hmm. he specialized in new world gasneriads. I mean, some of them even had tubers, uh, like potatoes uh, oh. that grow in the ground that are edible for medicinal purposes. um, But he um, was, he had all the new world. uh, He was trying to classify some and um, he started a foundation um, and he had all his Hibarium specimens from his travels. Mm -hmm. And we would go over there. There There's about four of us. We would go over to his house. He had a greenhouse, Mm -hmm. um, outside his house it was you know kind of a shoestring budget but what was amazing when he was younger um he took all this uh all these specimens and wrote papers and um i think he had some controversial ideas about um reclassification of some of the plants and Mm -hmm. as he got older um younger botanists would Mm -hmm. come and see him and they you know after being in the field, mm-hmm. proved a lot of his theories. And we were drawing the plants um, for a, his scientific journal. Mm-hmm. So you could take these drawings out to the field and um, identify them. Yeah. And um, people can study them. But it was interesting. You're almost drawing with someone. So if it was mm-hmm. a dried specimen, um he would know that it needed to be a little rounder. Mm -hmm. And then he had a lot of the specimens out in his greenhouse Mm -hmm. and he had a cloud machine. So a lot of these need to have that a cloud machine. Uh So he, you would go into the greenhouse. He'd love to turn it on and it would get totally misty, you know, and the plants loved it. And Uh he was very proud of his. (laughs) So he created a, a, the right type of environment for a right type of environment for a lot of them. But, um, but you know, usually you're drawing something. I mean, if you're an artist and interpreting it, Mm -hmm. but this was drawing it for identification. Right. And um, you just wanted to really get it right. And he was so lovely when he's like, I think this needs to change Mm -hmm. over here. And then after we would get our, um, illustrations done. We would do a permanent, and it's so like pre-computer, because I would use a rapidograph on oh, yeah. transparency to get it all, and then it would be, um, it would go into the journal uh, that way. But yeah. he was interested. I'm sorry, I could like no, go on. Yeah. And he actually, 
uh, was born in Germany and during World War II, mm-hmm. um, he was Catholic, but his, his family owned a amber mine and they were not, um, they were anti-Nazi. They were put into prison and he spent his... His family was? Yes. Oh. Because um, they were against the government mm-hmm. and he was um, put in prison. And then when he was free, he had an aunt that was the black sheep of the family that mm-hmm. had left Germany before then and settled mm-hmm. in California. And she uh. brought him over and he went to school and he, oh. and he was... You would think someone that had that um, horrible experience as a child mm-hmm. would be kind of bitter. I've never met anyone who had a better outlook on yeah. life and, and belief in people and mm-hmm. non-nationalistic. Right. And he's just a lovely person. That sounds cool. He probably had a very uh, different perspective on, on, on being uh, free and educated in the... <laughs> Yeah, he was just, and, you know, anything that came out, um, you know, he would always say he was a citizen of the world. Uh-huh. He was, like, I anti-government, like but yeah. just, you know, it, people are the, um, you know, he was just someone to um, emulate in the way that he was so um, optimistic mm-hmm. and like believed that. in people. Okay, Dr. Uh, Hans uh, Wheeler. 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 Cool. I love that story, Julie. Oh. <laughs> I, um, but go ahead. he said his aunt, that his whole family, like, oh, she was like a flapper and wild. <laughs> and he said that, you know, she's, oh, they were all so embarrassed of mm-hmm. her. But she was sending them care packages. <sighs> you know, she was like she a lovely. She took care of them. She took care of them mm-hmm. no matter what, you know, and. Um, it's your family, you yeah. know, even though, and she, um, moved out to California mm-hmm. and then brought him and, um, you know, he really owed his higher education and survival to mm-hmm. her. So to the flapper lady. Yeah. <laughs> that is cool. That is really cool. And I have no names or anything else. It was just from working with him and he would tell yeah. us, you know, we'd get him talking and he was just lovely. He had, that, um, mm-hmm. and you know, he just traveled and studied and he would take people to, um, uh, where was this? He would go out to the rainforest. The, I, I have to look at my notes, but they would go, um, down in Mexico, the one peninsula, um, oh. and collect, you know, he would take people with him. He could, it was another oh. way to go find plants. Yeah. And there were these amazing trips. That Did you get to I, go? I never, I didn't go. Oh. No, I was saving up to go to New York. Mm-hmm. So that was one of my, you know, I seem to like to have a couple jobs at once. Oh, yeah. uh, 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 productive when I do mm. that. But, um, I just love that his theories on Gisneriads were mm-hmm. uh, so right on because he was on the field. I think the main oh here I should have notes in front of me. Oh yeah, There's no, no, a, I didn't. You didn't know I was going to ask you about it because yeah, <laughs> you're also tr- trying to explain something to me, and I don't have uh, too much background on it. But are you? Are you but, yeah. 
more people should know about mm-hmm. Hans Whaler. He, he, Dr. Whaler, he was just a, a lovely person. Uh-huh. And I think um, a lot of people that went to Ringling also worked for him, like Danielle Glacier, Sandy, yeah. or Sandra Coop, uh-huh, um, uh-huh. Michael White. I think we all like oh. at different times drew cool. for him. So, so and cool. you know, it, it was wasn't much money, but I mm-hmm. feel like I learned so much from him. No, yeah, you did. Yeah, just but, being around him and and whenever he would tell a story, on top of it, you know, that's yeah, that sounds really. Yeah. Cool. He'd make us tea and serve us cookies. Oh my god! It's lovely. <sighs> so he had con- uh, a controversial uh, con- theory the- of Gisneriads uh-huh. okay. because he saw them in the wild and um, it differed from the French botanist I that see. wrote most of the textbooks. I and um, he started having people come and visit him that went out on the field and would say, yes, you're right. And then ah. would look at his research and his research, I believe when he passed away, went back to Selby gardens. So okay. it's there. But um, one time we went to a conference at Selby gardens, he invited us and mm-hmm. there were all these rainforest scientists and we were watching a, presentation and they were talking about the plants and they were taking a helicopter with a raft on it and drop like coming down onto the canopy of the rainforest and taking uh specimens and they're talking about it you know he worked he said i don't like ladders and i worked from the floor to six feet he's like these botanists are like adventurers (laughs) wait they're climbing down ladders from a helicopter they were on this like platform and getting into the canopies oh, and areas and getting mm-hmm. specimens or, okay. and, you know, zip lines and getting up in there. And he was thinking <laughs> that they were more about the experience of, you know, extreme mm-hmm. sports mm-hmm. <laughs> than science. He was, but you know, things change and mm-hmm. how you get And they mm-hmm. were doing great science, yeah. but he was like, you know, part of the talk, because it was so uh, wild of how they got up to the canopy, it seemed mm-hmm. to be a talk about that more than mm-hmm. what they found. And mm-hmm. He was more interested in what they found, not how they got there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, it's... Not that I want to tell a story on Hans, but, you know... No, no, that's okay. No, he's that's interesting, because right. he's yeah. just like, you know... He was... There's a whole strictly... world from the rainforest floor mm-hmm. to up six feet that mm-hmm. still can be you know and it's a it's exciting what's at that six foot and up too mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah yeah he didn't want to hear about somebody's uh zip lining up mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah and i surely if they'd done it they wanted to talk about it so <laughs> yeah i mean it looks very exciting but yeah. you know. <laughs> well uh, let's see. I want to tell me about uh, Greenwich House. And also, if I skip over something, I know this, I'm going all over the place, but, you know, tell me about Greenwich House. And, and, uh... Well, Greenwich House started in 1909, I believe. Mm. Um, and it's a settlement house. Uh, there was a whole house in Chicago, and it was a group. Usually, these women started settlement houses and slums in the mm-hmm. city to start education um, in uh, poverty area to bring people up and there's usually women and children that they would educate and um, mm-hmm. 
and then and um, oh, I hate it that I don't have her name in front of me. We'll have to look this up. Um, she was at Henry Street Settlement, which is still in Manhattan, and then she moved to Greenwich Village on mm-hmm. Jane Street mm-hmm. in one of the brownstones there and started uh, a settlement house. And then it's grown into a pottery school as mm-hmm. a way to teach women uh, a skill mm-hmm. and craft. Mm-hmm. And um, it's for everyone. Okay. Um, there's a music school there. and A music now, school also? There's a music school. It's on Barrow okay. uh, Street. And then there's used to always call it the big house, but um, mm-hmm. there's a main house on Barrow Street that has a theater, uh-huh. has a senior center, nursery school. It's just an amazing place. And then they have different centers around uh-huh. the city, too, that as the needs of uh, the citizens of New York have changed, they even mm-hmm. have methadone clinic. I mean, it's just amazing, uh-huh. uh, this area. So mm-hmm. the pottery has been there in this building. They used to be in the main house, and then they are in a building that was um, built as a school, a trade school, but now it's a pottery. Mm-hmm. Um, and they moved in there. Jane Hartsick was the director, I believe, and they moved it mm-hmm. there. She's amazing. There's little films of her on YouTube. Uh, Jane, what now? About the pottery. Hartsick. Hartsick. Oh yeah, and I watched your I watched your video. Did you do you uh, have your own channel yet? No. no, no. Okay. <laughs> I've been making it for Greenwich House, but okay. Chris is like all ready to make a jackpot channel. Yeah, and, man. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, Greenwich House Pottery has been there quite a while, um, and it's amazing. I moved to Jones Street when I moved out of the apartment on the Upper East Side. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris had a job at NYU, yeah. and we found this great little house. And I'd done ceramics in school. Mm-hmm. It had been a while, yeah. and we moved on to Jones Street, and Greenwich House Pottery was down the street. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is 98, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay. We moved on to Jones Street, and things were so different. If you wanted to take a class, you didn't. They didn't take credit cards. You had to stand in line mm-hmm. um, and wait, and it would fill up really quick. Uh-huh. Um, so Chris actually, because he was working across the street, and I had to get to work. He mm-hmm. stood out front one morning at like seven o'clock with everyone waiting in line, uh-huh. and uh, signed me up for my first class at Greenwich House. So uh-huh. I took classes there for a while. Good job, and, Chris. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> when I walked in, they were like, oh, are you Julie Crisper? <laughs> like, what did you do? <laughs> yeah, he probably, yeah, yeah, he probably gave you a little, talked you up a little bit. <laughs> well, you know, he's friendly and yeah. friends. And uh-huh. It was funny. But, um, and I took classes there. And then one of my instructors, uh, Drew Montgomery mm-hmm. was working at another space in Brooklyn and mm-hmm. said that I should teach class. And I was like, oh, really? Uh, He's like, oh, no, you'd be fine. So he got me started teaching, and mm-hmm. I was teaching at, it was called the Painted Pot. Now it's the Clayhouse Brooklyn. Okay. And um, I've been teaching there since the beginning. And, um, 
I think that was, oh dear, how long ago was that? That was like 2010 or 9, yeah. I think. Um, maybe 11. It was around the time that we got the space up here, mm-hmm. and I was teaching there. And then after I got some experience, they asked me at Greenwich House, mm-hmm. which is wonderful. And I've been teaching there. And um, beginning ceramics, and, and just love it. It's just the most amazing place. And um, yeah. well, every ceramic studio is great. I have to say that's the <laughs> best thing about New York is you've got so many phenomenal people and mm. such, uh, you know, densely populated. And, and you get to go to a place where there's no um, you know, you're not supposed to use your cell phone. Ah. It's a time to get together and just disconnect and do something and spend your time mm-hmm. focusing on clay. Yeah. And um, at the end of your time, you have something, mm-hmm. you know, and everyone uses it differently. And mm-hmm. um, you'll have to come visit, Chris. I will. Or, Larry, you just to. got to see the, um, they've, uh, it's just a beautiful building and they have a gallery on the first floor now um, the Jane Hartsick Gallery named after Jane who's uh-huh. the main director and the director there is Adam Welch and we're trying to uh, expand um, to make more f- because we have over 400 students there oh that's and impressive they're doing um, and oh, the people that are there are phenomenal. I remember starting there in the 90s, mm-hmm. and I was in the younger group. <laughs> now mm-hmm. I'm like in the older group. Mm-hmm. And then there's another group that I've, um, these women are in their 90s. Mm-hmm. Hey. And um, there's an amazing book out called Hidden Tapestry. Mm-hmm. And Jan Vors, who is a tapestry designer, his wife, Marianne Force, she is still alive. She used to do his weaving, and she was there, you know, 20 years ago, mm-hmm. um, much younger. Now she's in her 90s. She comes every Thursday and makes her pieces, and her best friend is Lily Miller, who was a dancer, and she was John Cage's principal dancer. Now, she, you know, since the 50s, she's been going to Greenwich House, and she's wow. just amazing. I mean, just you never know who you're going to meet there. Yeah. Um, but if you ever get the chance mm-hmm. uh, to read Hidden Tapestries. Hidden Tapestry, yeah. I know. I... Um, Marianne Vore's life, she um, was in uh, Europe <clears throat> during World War II. And mm-hmm. the story of how she and her best friend and Jan, and Jan traveled with the gypsies during World War II. It was like a spy. I mean, it's just, you cannot believe the life that she's led and then, you know, looking for uh, a spot to be ended mm-hmm. up in Greenwich village with mm-hmm. Jan Perfect. and, um, and her life and these tapestries are amazing. Just true bohemians to the core. It's just, and she, again, this person that had this very difficult life is the most uplifting mm-hmm. looking forward. Mm-hmm amazing person she just has the best outlook on life i love that i hope she's doing okay right now i haven't heard uh, oh right because yeah well she 
yeah, she's still in the city. Do you, do you know anything about anybody? I know she's in the city. I haven't mm-hmm. talked to her. Um, in Greenwich House at their senior center, I was doing wellness mm-hmm. calls, mm-hmm. which is phenomenal. Just calling people that are part of the center. Mm-hmm. You know, how are you feeling? Making sure that they have enough to, um, food or medication or anything they need. Just keeping that line open. And I know that Marion's son lives in New York, but, you know, it'd be nice to find out how she's doing. And, and the others, um, just, I should just, ask. Yeah, I, last yeah. report I got, everyone was doing well. Good. Uh, but, you know, it, yeah. it's hard. Really? I got it, yeah. I mean, we're all, the, we were talking about this, just the whole world is going through this. Right, right. But the highly densely populated areas are um, of extra concern. Like, I got to give uh, Raph and Barb a call back. Raph's yeah. not going to do. Raph's not going to do the podcast un- until after he does two other people's podcasts that he promised oh. to. So he's making <laughs> he me knows. wait. But we had a, you oh. know, I got a little bit of insight on what they're witnessing being in, in the city. And they've been in that apartment since we moved into your place. Really? Oh. Yeah, ninety five. They're still on in that place. Amazing. But, um, yeah, we checked in the other day. Um, texting and they're doing good okay they're, um, they're doing all right i love raf he's in high demand <laughs> yeah yeah he's so popular <laughs> but uh another dude another dude yeah exactly <laughs> probably the most the most popular dude hey what okay i want to ask you some pottery terms because i'm not really uh well versed okay the, uh what's a pug mill a pug mill, okay, mm-hmm. so a pug mill is um, the machine that you're going to put, you can, there's different types. Mm-hmm. This is, I always um, joke that when you give an answer about anything in ceramics, there's mm-hmm. like five answers, you know, it's very uh, big. but basically a pug mill is a mixer of clay, so you can put in wet clay mm-hmm. that you've reclaimed used, and it's very wet. Some of them you can put a dry mix in with it, mm-hmm. and it mixes it well. It's almost like wedging it where you're mixing the clay by hand, uh-huh. but it's so great because it's in this machine. And after it gets it to a constant consistency, it goes through um, into smaller areas getting pushed in there, and some of them de-air as long as mix the clay together, mm-hmm. and it pushes it out. Um, and usually in a log form, like a lo- mm-hmm. giant coil that comes out, it's probably about six inches in diameter. Mm-hmm. And um, you can take that and wedge it. Oh, I see. And, or depending on how much you mix it, mm-hmm. or if you're just doing um, clay that you haven't added dry mix, mm-hmm. it's a better consistency mm-hmm. than if it is dry mix. Sometimes you put it back in and bring it out, but it, did I have that in my article that I was wanting a pug yeah, mill? Yeah, something about oh, okay. pug mills in like, there. Really? What the heck is that? And so it's like yeah. sort of pre-wedging a lot of like not... It's a it, clay mixer mm-hmm. that also, yeah, pre-wedges it depending on how you're going to use it. it okay. It's a um, time saver, especially when you're by yourself. Um, yeah. You know, teaching at Greenwich House, Brooklyn Clay, mm-hmm. and Gasworks also uh, uh-huh. Playhouse Brooklyn, 
it's all these places they have little they have studio techs and they do all the clay mixing and glaze mixing uh-huh. and the kiln loading and unloading and you know come back up to the studio and it's all me so you know you have to uh-huh. that's right so you're the studio day. tech yeah you know, I, I feel very spoiled when mm-hmm. i'm in the city and you know those are the people that really keep things going that you know it's mm-hmm. good to bring them in cookies or you know those are the people you want to be nice to uh, also uh, they're working so hard for you and i see yeah yeah, they, yeah. It's, it's physical labor yeah amazing amazing they're what, what? Wait. hang on did you your the quality sound quality changed did you move somewhere oh, different i just you? moved my head is okay. that better yeah it's good okay <laughs> <laughs> okay what is majolica myolica myolica um, okay i knew that. It, it's both correct <laughs> it is a earthenware clay um and earthenware fires at a lower temperature than stoneware uh-huh um, so it's always porous when it's okay. fired. Mm-hmm. It's not vitrified. It doesn't become watertight. So you need vitrified. My, a, that was my next question. That's yeah, what you need the glaze to make it usable for food ah, and uh-huh. decoration. And so the white glaze is tin based glaze. It mm-hmm. doesn't move. Mm-hmm. So when you're thinking about those beautiful Italian pots or uh-huh. um, that have the intricate painting mm-hmm. on it, you can use oxides or um, uh, to paint on the white gla- glaze base, and uh-huh. it doesn't flow during firing. It's a very stable glaze. Oh, okay. And I that see. makes it um, usable. Yes. It'll hold water and food and not mm-hmm. absorb it. So you can also think of earthenware as uh, or clay that a lot of people bake in Wait. Um, without a glaze. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, early pottery. It's it's a clay that isn't a uh, pure source. It's usually by riverbeds or you find a deposit of it somewhere uh-huh. that other um, clay sources have, or clays, all been mixed as erosion has happened, mm-hmm. and it mm-hmm. usually has a lot of iron. Okay. So it's red. Are you still there? I am. Okay. Yeah. The the so on a, on occasion your voice fades into more of a oh distant more of a mechanically sound. <clears throat> it's oh. probably just a. My mother's in Arkansas and she has this really bad cell phone, uh-huh. and I've been accusing her of like not using the phone right. Right. And I think it's her, so maybe it's a little bit me too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It could just be like some kind of interference. It's not explainable. It's you know? not exactly yeah. great weather outside, no. so that might yeah. be could kind be. of part that of it too. It. Yeah. So let's. Um, you, you designed frame molding. I did. Yeah. Um, when I was at Bark, uh-huh. um, Bark would come in and. What was great is they have a whole wood shop. So if you had an idea for a frame, uh-huh. it's not like you have commercially made moldings that right. you just had. We could modify any design mm-hmm. that was there, and or we could come up with something different. And many artists had um, 
their own profiles, like, you know, that regular standard uh, frame molding mm-hmm. came up in the 50s for in no way too much uh, frame history. Like there was a <laughs> man, Bernard Walsh, mm-hmm. who uh, worked with Museum of Modern Art and came up with that L-shaped frame. Okay. Is that a lot of people, it really has Chris. And, and he, the place that I uh, work with now with Marcia, uh, Hirsch and Associates, mm-hmm. he was... Marcia's husband worked at Bark years oh. ago and was also Bernard Walsh's um, apprentice. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot of his designs okay. early on. But if you had an idea of how you wanted a frame to look at Bark, you could um, modify it, draw mm-hmm. it up. And a really famous one is uh, the Bryce Martin frame that he came up with. It started with paneling, um, had a Formica face. Mm-hmm. He was trying to work with the plane of where his drawing is, separating mm-hmm. it from a wall and having, instead of using a mat or a passepartout mm-hmm. to give a neutral, he wanted his, to stay, the way I understand it, to have a removal from the wall. Mm-hmm. So it was coming forward and mm-hmm. it had this neutral space and it used to be a Formica fronted frame that was about three inches wide Mm -hmm. and he had an artist make those for him Mm -hmm. and then later on he said bark those are the um early graphite drawings okay that he was making were in there and then he came up with a design that was like i think it's an inch and three quarters space and then it's beveled back that's a refined frame but that is his design for Uh his drawings Uh so that you've got this room and some have mats but not always it's Mm -hmm. uh, uh, but that is something that's been refined over the last 30 Mm. more years and so you could be an artist and come to bark and figure out and what you wanted finish um design and Jasper Johns had a very simple frame, but right. he had has a, a formula mm-hmm. of how the mat is supposed to look on certain works. You know, everybody has. Gosh, you you think puzzled. of Albers too. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the frame is part of the work. Mm-hmm. Is when That's it comes fair. down to it. Yeah. yeah. So. You know, it's not just like, oh, stick it in something. Mm-hmm. Either you want it to, in, in my opinion, the best frame mm-hmm. is the frame you don't see yeah, on you don't, modern work. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Or it's to a proportion that the artist has chosen as part of, and you think back to John Marin, American painters, uh-huh. or what is American art? Well, what's a frame? Uh-huh. John right. Marin would actually paint his frames Mm -hmm. and it was part of the work Mm -hmm. and he he wanted to control how you, or he wanted to integrate that, not just have this graphic line around. Um, And Georgia O'Keeffe designed her own frames Uh with uh, those gilded curved frames that are silver. That's her design. Um, And a lot of the Stieglitz frames, um, Early on in the gallery, um, those hers too. Um, they were like first started out larger molding that you could get at the hardware store, I think, uh-huh. and then I think it was George Off 
what's his name came up with those and then they started designing things down to this tiny tiny little uh brass frame that was painted white uh-huh. and he had his own the proportions for the frame and those frames are just about as important well not as the piece but mm-hmm. they're collectible also oh, especially see. those early frames and you almost you know and now everything's so manufactured mm-hmm. like you think you're going to a big box store mm-hmm. you've got your certain frame styles that's something i've seen change in the um years that i've been in new york used to everyone had their own wood shop mm-hmm. and they're like fine pieces of furniture mm-hmm. and to get a beautiful waxed finish <laughs> i can go yeah. on about the beauty of wood yeah. you know <laughs> I, I love wood and the finish and or a painted finish and you can see the brush strokes it's all um something soft and handmade now you know i've seen a lot of uh places go you can't afford the space in Manhattan to mm-hmm. have a wood shop anymore so you moved out to the outer boroughs mm-hmm. and then there's larger frame shops and everyone guilds the same or they have the same molding made that they're working on or it's a larger company that you just get um like these pre-finished frames that are chopped and joined. Mm-hmm. And to a lot of people, it doesn't bother them that they can see a seam in mm-hmm. the corner. But there really is something quite amazing of a well-crafted frame that's the right proportions that you yeah. just don't see it. Mm-hmm. There's only a few places that you can really get that quality anymore. Right. And, and it's sad because there were so many craftspeople mm-hmm. doing that. Yeah when I started in 95. And it um, seems like not that long ago. It's not that long ago. It, and, you know, and people are trying to keep it going. Mm-hmm. And, um, but, you know, to get something, and gilding's different too. You mm-hmm. think of those beautiful gilded frames and yeah. museums, and they have a certain antiquing because they used to be solid gold quite often. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's from... <laughs> Someone dusting it, mm-hmm. handling it, you'll see that it's rubbed on the sides, that someone's hand uh-huh. touching where the gold is, and it over the years wears off. It's and then honest I can, antiquing. Yeah, and what yeah. drives me crazy is what? if somebody totally antiques something, they mm-hmm. put too much rotten stone on it, which dulls gold. They beat it with chains. It's just it's like, really, why, why <laughs> over, did you do this over to antiquing. a beautiful frame? <laughs> I know. It just, it, it, because it takes so much work mm-hmm. to make a frame mm-hmm. where you've milled the wood, yeah. you've joined it, mm-hmm. you've gessoed it, right. you've put red bowl on it, which is right. a clay, so, and that clay yeah. again, uh-huh. burnished it, and then gilded it, mm-hmm. and all that labor, and then you... Then you beat the crap out of it. Yeah, or put little <laughs> nail holes, like, fake. Mm-hmm. why would you... Fake worm holes. Yeah, and, well, like, Polish frames, the antique Polish frames mm-hmm. were, like, solid gold. I mm. saw a few of them at the Met. That were uh, still, I don't know if they never got moved. Stunning, you know, and that was the perfect. idea. It was, mm-hmm. you know, or maybe it was, I think one I saw that just was, had a little bit of rubbing here and there, but it just it must have been in the perfect condition mm-hmm. all these years. Wonderful painting. You know, it's like um, the frame is 
the art. And I think a lot of the frames from, you know, in Stieglitz and you think of modern art yeah, and what a modern gallery is in Peggy Guggenheim with how things were hung. Mm-hmm. We, we're not doing, now it's all pared down where the walls are beautiful. You've got this reveal and you've got this very quiet frame. Mm-hmm. And um, some of them are tanks on the inside because, you know, the photography got so large. Mm-hmm. And then you have architectural glass that you've got this structure oh. in the back that you can't see. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've hung some of those. Yeah, large, I'm amazed. It's, it's like four people to, to hang it up. Like, yeah, yeah. I've been shocked at, at, at how much some of these things weigh. As, as far as mount making, are you, have you done any uh, brazing with brass? Or what type of little. mounts do you make? Yeah. Well, most of them, I'm... Um, more of I, what's great is there's companies that you can get like the spiders pre-made. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so I'm cutting and hammering and putting it around, mm-hmm. um, which is a lot of fun. A great project I did at Hirsch. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone had um, a designer came in and his client for years had collected antique soldiers. Mm-hmm. the little toy soldiers, but yeah. he didn't like the war. He mm-hmm. liked marching bands. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So <laughs> he had all these Napoleon era, you know, 10 soldiers that were painted beautiful French uh-huh. made soldiers uh-huh. and some British made ones. And he wanted to have them made into dioramas uh-huh. where he could. And so an artist I work with, David Nakabayashi, he's an amazing mm-hmm. painter. He mm-hmm. painted these backdrops and made these plexi boxes to go in the this gentleman's home. And I made mounts for all the little soldiers uh-huh. marching in parades. And not just horses with guys on back, you know, holding flags and banners. So it was really interesting to figure out how to make the diorama with the town. Mm-hmm. You know, and if it was a Waterloo <laughs> marching band, which mm-hmm. I didn't really think about that there would be a marching band. Right, right. At Waterloo, <laughs> having the background painted, just, mm-hmm. just like those amazing um, animal dioramas at, at the, the uh, History Museum. museum. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so we'd have a background, <laughs> like you would see Waterloo in the back. Mm-hmm. We had these farms and getting those guys and figuring out how to get the pins to hold the guys in place because they had to mm-hmm. travel from our studio to his home and stay oh, and then also make it where it can come off. Mm-hmm. Like if you're making a mount for something to, to paint the mount mm-hmm. to match the art so that you don't yeah. see it and it's strong enough to hold something right. without damaging um, the object. Jeez, that's a lot of work. So and each one was different. Is, for each. each one was different. Yeah, those were little. Those were almost like sewn in, but um, it was a great project. Mm-hmm. And I just love that there's a gentleman that collects marching bands. Marching bands, yeah. <laughs> From, you know, I like that. military marching bands. Yeah, make but, music, um, not war. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now he has them all around. His wife was like, oh, oh she's you not. Know, had these in boxes. I just, I don't want to see them. And then when they got them, <laughs> she was like, oh, wait. And found out that she collects. <laughs> Um, part like I guess they made small little figures to have a park mm-hmm. 
trees. And so we did one of her of levels that mm-hmm. had to figure out the shelves and how to do the mounts. And it's like little rows of tulips and people walking in the park and had a park background. So I could just do that for, that's so much fun. Yeah. And then, or you have like, um, sometimes we'll frame a wood block and the print that came off the wood block, um, and to be able to put that into a frame perfect, and put the clips on, and mount it in the back that it mm-hmm. can travel in a traveling show. And you yeah. can see, you know, it's an educational piece of mm-hmm. um, that. But the last thing you want to do is if you're looking at a wood block or a printing plate, mm-hmm. you have these big clips on the side. Right, right. So, garish. <clears throat> yeah, and just figuring out how to put it in the back so it's secure and locking those in. But um, yeah. I'm... We have it. It's just hard in Manhattan without a good exhaust fan to braise those little guys. Without a, <laughs> so, a what now? To braise the yeah. grass. Without what so, though? You needed um, good ventilation. Oh right, you need a yeah. yeah it's a another, you need a specific yeah. You have type to set up this whole other thing. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So how is the uh, social distancing affecting your work as an artist's assistant? Um, well, I'm usually art moving Mm -hmm. for her and I have a list of things to pack up, but no one's picking up art right now. So Mm -hmm. it's just, you know, I feel, um, totally inadequate right now. (laughs) So, I mean, it's probably really hard, but you're not, I mean, nothing's expected of you right now, I guess, you know, maybe a phone call or something, you know, (laughs) very different. um, just like this morning it happened that um, my phone hasn't been updated. Oh, crap. Since I don't have Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. And all these contacts have gone. So I had to send an email out asking for a phone number. Oh, totally, amazing. You know. Mm. Hold on one second. Um, I'm sorry, Julie. Jake. Hold on one second. That's all right. Jake. He just had something to tell you, Larry. I'll be right there. Okay. Uh, okay, sorry, Julie. That's okay. <laughs> he just had, he, was it food time? Huh? We Was it time to eat? No, um, we we get uh, <clears throat> water delivered to the house. Uh, so. Uh, he's just letting you know that he had a yeah, delivery. Yeah, yeah. Jake's Jake's good backup. Of course, everything we get a lot. We everyone's. I don't know about you guys, but we're getting a lot of stuff delivered these days. So, Jake has a, another opportunity to bark at whatever sound is is at the front door. You know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what that was. Yeah. He's letting you know. Yeah, he's like, "Come on, look at this. Get over here." <laughs> yeah, but I'm. Uh, uh, yeah, I really am so appreciative of delivery guys. Like, you know, we don't open the door. I look out the window and say thank you. And, and uh, they've got their masks on. And, you know, it's very, it's very real. Very, you know. Yeah. Different different perspective that I have not 
have not experienced this before. <laughs> but uh, so so you're not uh, so so. <clears throat> what do you what are you guys' plans? Are you just gonna hang out there until <clears throat> till it all blows over? Until... Well, um, you know, we were expecting to be here about two weeks, mm-hmm. but and then I have a, a friend that I work with, and she they're not supposed to be doing construction in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. They were doing it at first and they're building this giant building. This is the same place that I, I work. It's a live workspace. Of, mm-hmm. um, Hirsch, and they are building the biggest building next door. And it's been years of just construction. It used to be awful when it was drilling, mm-hmm. but Ugh. when the city closed down, they really ramped up their construction again, and mm-hmm. then I think the city was going to have the worst week last week. She decided to rent a space outside where she could at least go outside and sleep, uh-huh. because they were... I understand now that they've stopped all construction in Manhattan, but okay. that was just last week. Mm-hmm. But she left, and she was... We don't have television up here. Oh, We listen to the radio, and I read the newspaper, mm-hmm. Um, but, or I just wasn't ready to hear the fact that last week was going to be the worst week they thought as uh, the yeah. curve goes around. Mm-hmm. So she kind of moved out and, um, I'm, you know, I just don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't get mail here either. I used to have a post office box, but I stopped that a while ago because all I got was flyers. But, right. you know, I'm regretting not having it now. Oh, oh can ha- change the mail. <clears throat> Is it too? And we've just put a mailbox up. Mm-hmm. Which, and oh. um, so do you have your, you don't have your mail from the, from the city, city. forwarded to the, we're working on it now okay. that the mailboxes right. got up there. Yeah. And the same thing, like, we didn't have a mailbox. Mm-hmm. So I ordered stuff online, mm-hmm. and if it came UPS or FedEx, right, they would drop it off. But uh-huh. the post office, it goes to the post office I and see. they have to go get I see. it. I see. Um, but we're getting that all sorted out. Mm-hmm. I just, I kind of liked that this used to be our little, we just, that it's the clubhouse. Yeah, yeah, really yeah, yeah. Here. yeah. And we had a problem with deer and bears walking around the house, so we put up a fence to uh-huh. just kind of. So now it's like really like a fort because uh-huh. we, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and we're inside. But uh, wow, uh, you know, I feel lucky to have this, mm-hmm. but um, it is. I realize how cut off we are. Right, right. From everything else. And mm-hmm. just, uh, I think the worst thing is when I was leaving and people were saying, you know, it's starting to happen, I started noticing um, ambulances. Wherever I went, there was an ambulance. Yeah, that's what Raph said. And, yeah. and yeah, the um, constant sirens. And one of my students is in my neighborhood that I lived in. She's like, it's just constant. It's mm-hmm. constant. And then my friend David that's in Brooklyn, he's the person I work with that did the background painting. He does a lot of plain air painting mm-hmm. in in uh, Prospect Park. Mm-hmm. And all his reports are like, I'm here, it's peaceful, it's amazing, but there's just sirens all the time. And the last two days he's saying that there's less. Less, so, less what? Less sirens. Less oh, sirens, okay. Because it was just constant. And mm-hmm. out, 
in Prospect Park, you hardly ever heard a siren. Mm-hmm. I feel no. like I used to have sirens at my house every 15 minutes because there's a um, fire station on 19th Street around the corner, and they'd always go past our apartment mm-hmm. on their way anywhere. So you're just like, you know, but it did increase. And when I was out, I just saw them all the time. But I, my understanding is like, the beginning of last week it was just all the time everywhere mm-hmm. and i've liked getting david's reports that it's lessening, lessening. Uh, in okay. brooklyn yeah it's less of uh constant sirens even out in the quiet parts of the city okay. it was constant sirens Jeez. yeah so it's yeah. slowly getting better I hope so. I hope it's not just some like little, Mm -hmm. so, you know, I, I'm, I feel lucky that we're here, but you'd like to have a choice. uh, Well, I would like to go home and see people (laughs) and, you know, work. Yeah. Um, I, I'm happy I'm here with uh, Chris, but yeah, the reason for it, and that kind of stays in your head. I was reading something online, uh, you know, there's a Instagram's amazing. Facebook's amazing, but mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of uh, ceramic artists on Instagram and mm-hmm. someone was putting on like, she was feeling exactly what I'm feeling. Like you come to your space to have it quiet and you work and it's your time, but mm-hmm. you can't turn your head off of right. what's going on. Right. Right. You know, right. it's like, yeah, I'm here in this place that I love yeah. and I should be able to work through it. But you find yourself kind of um, uh, stunted or just um, paralyzed right. with the thoughts that are going through your head. And then you feel guilty that you're not doing anything. But mm-hmm. with communicating whammy. with mm-hmm. many people, so <laughs> many people are feeling this way that mm-hmm. it's like, why can't? And I think no matter what you do, you have that feeling of, mm-hmm. Um, you're just overwhelmed. I can't imagine. And you hear people talk about the numbers. Oh, 600 a day. Every single person is um, so important to someone. Right. It's mm-hmm. not 600 people. It's mm-hmm. 600 or 700 precious. Right. They'd have several people that people. are going to be hurt by it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, that's, and, yeah, go ahead. Well, well, I lost my grandmother oh. um, in oh, August sweet. recently. She's 102, so you know, well, yeah. and I talk to her all the time. Mm-hmm. And I think about it, I, I measure everything by her life. Like she was mm-hmm. born in 1917. Uh-huh. And that's when the huge flu epidemic happened. Uh-huh. And I'm... And I miss her so much, uh, you know, and it's just like each one of those people, I'm glad she's not in this because, you know, she's yeah. having a hard time with political issues. Just like you can't believe that you made it this long for this, <sighs> that you see the world change so much. She's so upset, mm-hmm. but I couldn't imagine the worry I would have of her mm-hmm. suffering. With this. this extra crap, yeah. But you think about each and every person was that important to mm-hmm. their family. Yep, yep. That's yep. That's a very important observation. Is you know, like because because I think you pretty much said this, but I'll give you my version. Is I really want to enjoy the the 
that I have the option to just to stay at home and work from home and and work on some of my own projects. But you get sometimes you can't sleep or you can't uh, relax or you can't focus because of you know the news, and so it's like a double, good and bad, you know. And you know I'm feeling that way, and I don't have television. Yeah. You know, it's like I listen to the radio and I. Oh, that's right. Paper, you probably don't obsessively like, listen to podcasts to to get to push your buttons and get you like <laughs> super upset. And you know, <laughs> with my coverage, I can mm-hmm. get some, but I just I realize, and I've talked to a few other people. It's just like you've got to. It's I need to know what's happening. Yeah. But I'm trying not to, because when we first got up here, I just, you know, what's happening at home? Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. You know, mm-hmm. trying to stay connected. And, um, but, you know, I've talked to my, I have great nieces in Austin. I've talked to my sister in Austin. And, mm-hmm. and her, you know, you find out everyone's fine, aunts and uncles. I, one amazing thing about this is people have called you. We haven't heard from in years. That's yeah. Yeah, so you know, just everybody's just kind of touching base, which yeah. is nice, and I love hearing that everyone's okay. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. But you know, not everyone is. Right, exactly. Yeah, that's what's happening to me. Is I'm definitely catching up with a lot of people. <sighs> well, I'm amazed at Zoom. Though you know, like all these things that I am able to do up here, like uh-huh. having those meetings. Yeah, yeah. And, um, I guess you know the problem with Zoom is there's those uh, people taking it on and putting other content. Oh. Which I have not experienced. Like Zoom bombing. Yeah, it. neither have yeah. I. Yeah. <laughs> but I was thinking about like, <laughs> you know, who would bother a ceramics class talking about pinch potting? And if they did, everyone would go, oh. You. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, right. It is just. Oh, excitement. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. So someone's much. right. Right. Yeah. They just be people. With certain groups of people, you're like, mm-hmm. oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. It's, it's just funny. People are bored. I don't know. People are bored. They want to cause mischief. Then their mischief that they cause is not that much of a problem, probably, for a lot of people, anyway. Yeah. I mean, I understand kids. Why would you want to do that to kids? Mm-hmm. But. Um, or just mm-hmm. think of putting that energy towards something good that can help yeah. everyone. Why, yeah, why, yeah, yeah. why that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a bit of a Pollyanna. So. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, if you, yeah. Well, if you get your hands on one of them, I want you to give them a talking to. <laughs> yeah. Use your powers for good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's like, you know, I could, they could be like 12 year olds that when they'll grow up when, by the time they're 24, they'll be, perfect angels or whatever but yeah well someone would say it might be the other students just like any way to get Mm -hmm. out of class but why would you you know you got to be bored at home yeah Yeah. be fun to learn something right 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 right. we've been i've been uh i've i've i thought i uh one of my favorite podcasts i suggest to you and chris the uh muller she wrote uh they do the muller she wrote ladies do a a friday evening uh cocktail hour where they all their followers and patrons can um watch the three of them drink and have casual <laughs> chit chat <laughs> 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 
<laughs> and so if you listen to their podcast, you get to know them and, you know, and, uh, and all that. But um, there's more to it. But it becomes a refreshing. It's like a little party that I go to every Friday, you know. Oh, that's awesome. You know, and I can pay close attention or not, you know, so. I don't know. So that's, uh, it's you, amazing the things that people are coming up with, though, mm-hmm. too. It's like uh, Brooklyn Clay, they're doing a fundraiser where mm-hmm. they're going to do um, online bingo. Uh-huh. We did a test last night on YouTube, mm-hmm. and there's four or five of them, and they're doing the bingo, and you can see the ball going around, and they're calling it. And so all the other instructors were on. We were playing. Mm-hmm. and But, you know, they were giving – it was just a test run to get all the kinks out and it was quite fun. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was like, I cannot leave and playing bingo. Cause you know, I used to be drug as a child with mm-hmm. a grandparent. Like my dad's mom was watching me I'd go play bingo. And I was like, Oh, why would you stare at these cards? Uh, funny. But you know, it's a nice way to connect and you can learn uh, mm-hmm. nice ceramic facts and win a pot, you know, but it was like an interesting thing to, um, try. Mm-hmm. And I hope they're successful. But um, yeah. Oh, I forgot. I wasn't at the microphone. You might not have heard me. Oh. Yeah. I'll, but uh. Well, Julie, let's see. How can we? Thank you so much for giving me your time. Yeah, you're welcome. Today. I know it's like, and I flit around to all different things. No, no, so but I didn't <laughs> have a. I didn't have a good outline of of questions. You know, I didn't keep things in order. I just sort of wrote some notes and I was like, well, look around and ask this and see, you know, see where the conversation goes or whatever. But, uh, well, and we've known each other so long that there's so many topics. You right. Know? Yeah. It's, pick like, one. it's amazing. Yeah, when exactly. you think about how long we've known one another. It has exactly that. It's that's true. And it's, you've go ahead. been such a big part of my life, Larry Ford. Oh, you're you're the glue, you, you know, huh? <laughs> that is sweet. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, that's, it's, it's like those, Sarasota days is where I formed a lot of bonds, you know, that, that I've held on to. And yeah. You yeah. and you're one of those people, you and Chris and Raph and yeah, Barb. Barb. And I had a show recently at Ringling. Um, yes. And oh my gosh, it was so nice. It was like a school reunion. Yeah. I saw, I saw beautiful Ray. I saw Ray Baker. Ray Baker. Yeah. Yeah. And, Todd Pease. Todd Pease, awesome. And Danielle Glacier yeah, and yeah. Sandra Coop. Rob Reedy was there. Um, oh, cool. It was it saw Patrick Linhart, a mm-hmm. printmaking instructor, and um, uh, Leonard. just Mark Bettis. Leonard popped in. You know, it was, I saw Steve Guthrie. Leonard, Leonard, yeah, Steve. I just got Steve's uh, CD in the mail. Oh, awesome. Uh, uh, Wash Bear. Wash Bear. Greetings from roseland park yeah it's pretty good <laughs> he i see him you know my mother and grandmother were in sarasota so i go back every once in a while mm-hmm. and run into you know look up steve and see him but you know and you remember sally my roommate she's yeah. in sarasota yeah like yeah now working and saw her and kevin and it's just it was uh my cheeks were sore i was smiling so oh, much oh that's really a nice little <laughs> That is sweet. Yeah. We missed you. I was like, oh, Larry. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Oh, Keith Wash, all the people, oh, yeah. all the installers uh, mm-hmm. at the Ringling Museum. Yeah. Popped in, you know. So it was, 
it was really special. Uh, Sally Pettibon and mm. um, I didn't see Steve Pat Macron, but he's there in town. I see him online. Yeah, but just, does it, he, I, he works at a theater. Does he work at uh, Florida? Um, the what is the proper name of the theater? It's part of Ringling, I think. Or is it the Opera House? Yeah, but that's what I wondered. He makes some amazing stuff. I mean, from he seeing, makes amazing stuff. Yeah. I mean, he would be great for you to talk to. I know, too, I know. He's been doing that as long as we've known him. Mm. And they redid the Bai Hai Hut. They gave it a. He's been re. Yes, I saw some of those restoring the Bai yeah. Hai Hut. So <laughs> it's you know. It wasn't broken. <laughs> it wasn't broken. Well, it needed it needed a little. Um, it's restoration okay. more than face revamping. <laughs> they just—it still has the big spoon on the door. And okay. You can still—I think it still has the. I went with Sally. It still has the same old cigarette machine in oh. between the bathrooms, you know, and the <laughs> lights are all orange. <laughs> and and uh, Mac McCurry's paintings are on the wall. Awesome. Still. Awesome. Oh, a that's lot of good. Ringling paintings. So. Oh yeah. yeah, he was a great painter. Yeah, he was wonderful. He was my best figure drawing teacher. Mm. I learned so much from him. But, yeah, I can go on. I'm sorry. We started no, no, that's, yeah, visiting that's, and it's like... <laughs> no, this is great. This, it was great catching up and it, and it was... Uh, uh, it's it's valuable to me to have more more recorded than less, you know, so I appreciate your participation, uh, Julie mm. Knight. Oh. <laughs> You're welcome, Larry Ford. Yeah. <laughs> Say hi to the family. Oh, yes. Say and Melissa, to Melissa. I will. Melissa sends her love to you and oh. and uh, give our love okay. to Chris. And, Thank you. Uh, yeah. And Brian. And Brian. Yeah, Brian. little brother. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And um, uh, Cousin Clay. Cousin Clay. Yes, yeah, and yeah. And if you'd like Phil's um, contact information, I can send it to you. Yeah, Red sure, Lord. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's, you know. I think we're Facebook friends, but I don't. I don't he doesn't pop up as much. Yeah. yeah. He's doing some great projects. That's cool. Yeah, I want to see. I want to know. Yeah. Well, you take care of yourself. You too. You Stay too, healthy. Julie. And um, we'll quiet our minds and make smart work. Good plan. Good plan. Okay. Start that YouTube channel. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See you later. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wow. My friends Julie and Chris are holed up at their art studio in upstate New York. I learned a lot from this one, but I was reminded of so much more. Thanks, Julie. Okay, my name is Larry Ford, and you have listened to another episode of Limited Perspective. See you next time.